It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Range of Travel. My name is Brian, and again, I'm joined by Wolf and John, and we've got a guest of the Rabble this for this uh, season. Uh, Alan's joined us. How are you doing? Very good. good. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, welcome to our new series the, uh, called Walter's Way. This is covering Walter Smith's first uh, stint as Rangers manager. So, we... Uh, we Ended the the series obviously with the Sunis revolution. Obviously, after Graham Sunis went to Liverpool, and well, I think it's fair to say that Walter Smith was under serious pressure at that point, wasn't he? He was um, because he had four games to basically win as the title, mm-hmm. and as we all know, as we covered in the at the end in the last bit of the Sunis revolution, that. He did it, but, but, but uh, he certainly didn't do it the easy way. But that sort of I think that sort of became a, became a theme going forward. To be honest, I mean, John, uh, it wasn't it wasn't a universally sort of welcomed appointment, was it? Certainly, fan base anyway. No, I think we were we were used to big names at that point, and we were looking for some big names. As you guys well know, I, I was chanting for George Graham to be our manager because uh, he was kind of. Stoic and just hard to beat, defensive minded. Beckenbauer, I think, as well said earlier, was mentioned. You know, so we carried big names. We were we were used to going out and getting Christmas presents from the chairman, Graham Roberts, saying Butcher Woods. We were used to just if you're in trouble, spend some money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so no, so Walter Smith was uh, later on unfairly, I think, called a safe pair of hands, but he was universally liked and uh, and wanted by the players and. And according to the interviews, there was only one choice for the manager's job as soon as soon as I was told to beat it. So, yeah, Alan. I mean, yeah. you read well, you you see interviews and everything after it, and it's you're led to believe it. You know, it was days after it was announced, but seemingly it was just minutes after he was announced, and the players were right behind it. Yeah, I think that. Um, 
I, th I think we like to go look back in this time period um, quite romantically, especially especially recently um, after losing Walter. Um, but but yeah, we, you know, we're, we're Rangers supporters. We're, we're always going to be divided and things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, as you guys are saying, we were used to big names and somebody that was coming in. They'd been the assistant manager. They had came from a coaching role at Dundee United. Um, it wasn't the big star-studded headline name that, that we'd expected. But player power obviously played a big, massive role in it. We see that now in football. We see it now in football um, with managers going the other way. Player power has its say and, and managers go out the door. But mm -hmm. quite clearly from, from what we hear that came out of Ibrox at the time and what we're hearing from the players that were involved then in the dressing room, um, player power played a massive role in Walter Smith getting the, getting the Rangers yeah. job. And whilst I'm sure there was people in our support not happy about it at the time and maybe a little bit disappointed at the time, I'm pretty sure everybody looks back and thinks, yeah, best appointment we could have made, not just a safe pair of hands, um, but a man that would take us on a journey mm -hmm. um, that not just once in his career, he would take us on a journey another, a later time in his career, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in you know, years to come in the pod as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he took us on that journey and probably, the, in the, you know, in that time period, the best appointment that we could have made. Nobody, nobody could have, nobody could have done the job that Walter done in that time. I think that's, I think that's the thing, Wolf. Uh, universally, it wasn't wanted, but the players obviously asked for it and they wanted it. So that, I mean, the chairman's really not going to go with the players much, is he? Or go against them? Sorry. No, I've just, I mean, I've just had a thought. I wonder. I mean, David Murray, um, you know, came out and said, look. Once he once he told uh, Graham Soonis to go, because Soonis was happy to stay at the end of the season, the money told him to go. He then spoke to the players and said, "Look, who do you want to replace him?" And they all said, "You know, Walter." I'd be, I'd be, and we'll never, we'll probably never find out. But I'd be interested to know if he asked that question before he told Soonis to go. Mm. You know, because it seemed that Walter seemed to be told he had the job very, very quickly. So I don't know whether the chairman got the senior players together and went, "Look, manager's leaving. Who do you want to replace him?" And they said, you know, if they said Walter, they said, well, okay, he's here now, just get rid, just get rid of him, you know. Yeah. Had they said, say, say they'd said George Graham, would he say, would he have said to Sunis, look, just see out the season, and then I'll try and get George Graham in the summer. Something we'll never know, but it would be be interesting if we could find that out. But yeah. I mean, the fact that the players wanted Walter, trusted Walter, he knew them, they knew him. At the time, from memory, I was one of those that went well. It is what it is, and at least you know he's a safe pair of hands. He knows he knows the club, and it turned out to be a brilliant appointment. It could so easily go in the other way, but I mean the players obviously knew what he was capable of doing because they worked for him. So yeah, I think you said Wolf in the the the, the episode of it. I think you called it the the, the best decision that uh, David Murray ever made. It was certainly the best decision David Murray ever made, and Walter Smith was the best signing that Graham Soonis ever made without mm. any question. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, pound, pound for pound or whatever, you know, Walter Smith was was simply the best signing that Sue has made, bar none. Because look, look, as Alan said, look, look what he did in this seasons, these seasons that we're going to be talking about, and then <laughs> look what he did when he, when he came back. I mean, he would only ever have come back for one club. He said that he would only have left Scotland and kept going back to club management for one club. Yeah, you know? that's true. So um, as as you're you're hearing there, we we're obviously dipping into the soonest revolution now. For anybody that's not a member of Patreon, you can catch that on Patreon. 
um, if you sign up for £2 a month. Um, and this first episode of the Walter's Way is going out uh, to the YouTube members and Patreon, and you can download it off your usual uh, podcasts, so uh, Acast, Spotify, iTunes. So catch us on there. If you want to sign up and listen to the rest of the series, it's going to be a... It's gonna be a right trip down memory road, memory road. This with some of the signings and the the trophies that come our way. So dip in, folks. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great ride. So so um, John, we start off obviously with the ninety one ninety two season with a bit a bit of a conundrum for uh, Walter in his first sort of full season. He's faced with the fact that the European football rules have changed quite a lot, haven't they? Yeah, it is, and it was known at the time as a three foreigner rule. But when you look back, it was actually potentially the five foreigner rule. Yeah, you know, you had three foreigners you could play, and two players if they'd been in your side or in your country for five years or so. But mm-hmm. we just know, we just knew it as a as a three foreigner rule back then. You know, so I went a number of players like Chris Wood and things like that. And we had to we had to change our, our playing squad and become a more Scottish side uh, and sign a number of players and uh, let some popular names go. You know, and it was a real conundrum for the manager. Who would you keep? You know, it's like the it's like the argument now, who who's your best ever striker, who's your best ever midfielder, what's your best strike partnership? You know, to say that do you, do you keep the goalkeeper or do you get a Scottish goalkeeper? Who's out there as a Scottish goalkeeper? You know, who can who can replace Chris Woods? Do you keep your centre forward? What happens to guys like Mark Hatley and things like that? Do you keep Hatley in the side or do you let Hatley go and you know, maybe keep Trevor Stephen in your side? So it'd be a real you know, I think he didn't have a director of football back in those days. You'd have Smith and maybe Knox sitting down and saying, right, who are we keeping here? You know, and who do we need? You know, so you've, you've got to identify players you can get in and then who, who you're going to let go and are players that you want to let go want to leave. You know, can you move them on? Can you get buyers for them? So it'd be a real, it's a real masterstroke to, to get the pieces of jigsaw. You can get two different jigsaws thrown together and saying, right, get me the picture. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, so I so it was a real challenge for the manager then. Yeah, and and what was his first full season as as manager himself by his own right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if only the Ross Wilson back in those days, it came with came with the internet and the XG stats and says there you go. You know, Darko Panchev. You know, we could maybe get him in and you know let a Scottish boy go. But, but nah, but it's, uh, it was a real real good job. You know, for Smith to forge the side of what he, what he had to do. So, I mean. Alan, when you look when you look at some of the signings that come in, um, you've got Andy Gorham, David Robertson, Mikalachenko, and Stuart McCall all coming in. Well, McCall, albeit joined the week after the first game of the season, but and then obviously uh, we let Tom Cowan go, Stuart Monroe, another favourite, Mark Walters, Chris Woods, and latterly Trevor Stephen just after the first game of the season. So there was a lot of wheeling and dealing in that first you know, early bits of the pre-season, wasn't there? Yeah, and there, and there had to be. Um, I think I think Rangers knew pretty early on, probably before Sunis left, that Gorham was coming in. Um, I, I remember hearing a story about that, about um, the last time Gorham played against Rangers um, and the, the Rangers players were warned to, to no clatter, to clatter into the goalkeeper and injure him because he was coming to us next season. Um, I think it was Hatley was warned off Walter Smith actually. You know, watch, watch, what you're, watch what you're doing with him. Um, Not these history, yeah. But um, I think um, so, so. Yeah, I think they knew pretty early on that, that Gorham was going to be coming to Hibs. Eh, sorry, coming from Hibs. Um, 
I've just remembered another story I, I heard about Gorham sorry for that same season. Um but uh, yeah, it was it was a big move. It was a big move, especially um we, we sold Morris Johnson that season to Everton. Um yeah. and, and that was probably a big call because you're right, when you're looking at centre forwards, um, you know, we kept Mark Hately. We sold Morris just Scotland International, Morris Johnston, you know, we kept Mark Hilly. So uh, they were big decisions. Um and Walter Prawley um, obviously had big plans for, for people like Mark Hately. Um but to bring in people like Andy Gorham, David Robertson and Stuart McCall, you know, three players that were first team players as soon as they came in, th- in through the door and stayed in the first team um for, for a few seasons. Yeah. Uh, so he he done his business well. He he obviously thought about it. Uh, he might have had some of these discussions with Sunis before Sunis left. They might have looked at players like McCall and Robertson, mm-hmm. um, and even Michalichenko. Um, so he probably he probably had a rough idea um, as to who some of his targets were. But to go and get the business done um, and make sure we still had a team that could compete, um, not just compete but dominate, um, because it could have been quite easy for us to um, or for any club to sell non-Scottish players. Um, and try and replace them with whatever was available in Scotland, and it would turn out to be subpar. Uh, so, yes, Smith really done his business well. Yeah. And, John, I mean, when you're looking at some of the... We started off pre-season in the sort of end of July. You know, you played Carloway, Queen's Park, we had a Morris Malpass testimonial, and, I mean, the, the, the pre-season didn't stop there. We got Dumbarton away, and then we've... You know, we go north and play Devon Vale, we play Cove Rangers, and then there's a, a tournament with Kilmarnock, Sparta Prague, Coventry, Keith away, Campbell Money testimonial. I mean, it was a, a really busy pre season, cons- considering what it is nowadays. It, it was, and it was, it was a lot of games crammed in at the start yeah. of August. You know, there was, there was second string teams, third string teams going up north to play. You know, and I don't think it was at the Campbell Money testimonial. I would have liked to have been to that one, but because uh, Campbell Money was a good blue nose, <laughs> you know, and we, we were the obvious choice. But but there was, it was, as I said, there was second and third string teams, you know, and and just going back to the just going back to the transfer policy of everything, we brought in David McKellar as a goalkeeper. Unfortunately, in later years, Gorham injury issues. Luckily, Gorham played every game that season for us this season, this season coming up. Because I'd hate to have thrown in Dave McKellar as, uh, as a backup goalie, you know, who was, as I said in the last series, the goalkeeper, that, yeah. the goalkeeper put us at the Scottish Cup for two seasons in a row. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ferman and uh, Hamilton Ackes, you know, so maybe that was why we signed him. That's a bit Two fucking good games against the Scottish Cup. Aye, aye, aye. But as you say, though, you know, there wasn't like the Ibrox pre-season tournament and stuff like that, or the London tournament, I think. Maybe it was this season where we were due to go to London, but we didn't. Uh, but but no, it was uh, a lot of, a lot of small teams, and that's a good thing I think in pre-season. Get your strikers firing, get some goals knocked in if you can, yeah. and maybe beat a few jobber teams, or you know, and, and go and go and see the locals and put on a show. So yeah, yeah I think I think that's the right thing, you yeah. know, rather than you know these weekend tournaments yeah. in your own patch. So yeah, so so Wolf, the tenth of August ninety one, we started home to St Johnson, and um, well. A very convincing win at home. The lead flags unfurled, and a, a proper, a, a nice, a nice start to the season. Yeah, but, but before we go to that, if we go back to these pre-season friendlies, there was, I mean, if you look at the dates of them, there was a lot. It just tells you the size of squad that we had, mm-hmm. because all these games, I mean, we played August the second, August the third, August the fourth, 
that was the Devon Vale Coven Keith Games. That was obviously like the, the kind of the youth team or the reserve team or whatever, yeah. because the the first team would have been at the Kilmarnock tournament, which was on at the same time. Yeah. You know, so they were playing in consecutive days, and there was there was at least two teams in two different places. And it just tells you how big the squad was. Mm-hmm. You know, because in those days you didn't have like you've got now. You know, the the, the these are the first team guys, and these are the youth team guys. Yeah. You know, so it just tells you how big the squad was. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, just thought I'd, I'd throw that one in there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. First game of the season, St. John's unfold the league flag. Six nothing win. I mean, you're, you know, five goals between two of your strikers. You can't argue with that. No. You know, that's a great way to start a season. You know, interesting thing. For, interesting thing for me is we got a penalty and Morris Johnson took it. You know, because <laughs> he was never, for me, he was never the main penalty taker. No. You know, I mean, look at. I mean, look, my no, boy, look, looking at looking at the team, I'd have probably been him or Hately, so I don't, I don't know what I mean, but yeah, yeah, just I mean, interesting, interesting that Johnson took the penalty, but Hately was on the park. I find that, yeah, yeah, well, well, well yeah, that's yeah, very true. Um, but I mean, Alan, that's an ideal start for a season, isn't it? Get a, a good win, as Wolf says, your two main strikers are on the score sheet multiple times and a clean sheet. Yeah, you would you would take that in the first game of any season. You're mm-hmm. as well says you're unfurling league flag um in front of a, a, a an almost full Ibrox as it was at the time. Um putting on a bit of a show, showing why we're champions. Um you just you just can't grumble with that at all. You're you're beating a team comp- comprehensively. Um and you're getting you you know, you're seeing one of your strikers at least scoring a hat trick there. Um, it just it sets you up for the start of the season and going. Do you know what? That's it's, like, it's just a great place to start from. There's nothing worse than starting a season, you know, and it's an absolute slog fest, and mm-hmm. you drop points, and it's like, well, that's us playing catch up already, yeah. you know. And when you're champions, you know, any any team that's ever been champions, whether it be us, the other mob, or any team for around Europe or the world that's ever been a champions, they'll tell you when they start the next season, you want to lay a marker, and you yeah. want to show you want to show everybody why you're champions. Um, and that you've no fell asleep during the summer, so you, you just can't grumble with a six 0 defeat at all. No. Sorry, Brian. I think my my comments here just tells you that I don't actually read these notes before I open them because uh, <laughs> I'm fairly sure the reason the reason that Morris Johnson took the penalty was it was given because Mark Hately got an elbow in the face from from Big John Ingalls. <laughs> I imagine he was still sh- probably th- still trying to shake his brains back into gear. I think that would be, think... be why Morris took the penalty. I would think. I think John was just waiting on that, weren't you, John? No, 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 I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> at all. Because Ingles gets a red card in that game, you know. Yeah. And, and, as you say, it's a good marker. St. Johnson were, were a stuffy side. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd come up a couple of seasons before that. They'd been top four, top six. You know, if it had if it'd been the way the league is now, they'd have made the split. You know, so they'd went full time. They were established as a decent side. It caused us difficulties. And they were a side that tried to play football. Always try to play f- football against us, you know. And Alec Totten, you know, get a decent football philosophy. They were a, they were a side you'd go and watch if if you were playing St. Johnson, you'd, you'd expect a win, but you wouldn't expect ten men behind the ball and a, you know, a la Tommy McLean. So, yeah. so, but six now against a, a, a side, you know, as, as Alan says, you want to lay down a marker. Well, I would think we'll be top of the league in goal difference. I think maybe after that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because we weren't top of the league for a lot of this season until the turn of the year, so. So it's nice to be top of the league in, in day one, I suppose. Better than it's better than the last couple of seasons that we covered, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I know. Oh. 
So, uh, Wolf, we get off to a great start and uh, we go to Hearts the week after. It's a common theme that we've discovered in this series, the, Soon- the Soonest Revolution. We always are early doors over at Ed- East Edinburgh, either, either Easter Road or Tynecastle. Um, no, I think the common theme, Brian, is you keep missing out games. I was just going to say exactly the same. I was going to say exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Motherwell. Sorry. sorry. I skipped past one too quick. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And you, miss cup, <laughs> and, you miss, and you miss cup games as well. But anyway, so, aye, Motherwell. Sorry, Motherwell at home. Um, Wolf 2-0. Uh, I, I, sorry, I was trying to read this name, but it's Musk. Muskant, is it? Muskant. That was a... That was a as I remember, that was a that was a fabulous header, a fabulous goal. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for him, it was past his own goalkeeper. Who incidentally was Billy Thompson once of this parish. Aye, yeah, yeah. Out jumped Mascan. Out jumped Hately. Now that you don't hear that very often. No, I was I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's all well and good. It, it must have been. It must have been some size, our boy. He out jumps and he sticks it by his own goalkeeper. He'd been as well not bothering, but. Oh dear! Yeah, quality finishing in. Uh, Trevor, Trevor, Stephen Bullets ahead of later on. Later on in the game, tie it up two nothing. I mean, two two games in eight, eight goals scored, none conceded. That's as you said, Brian. As as starts as as our season starters go round about this time. That's that's championship winning form because normally we start start, with a defeat and a draw or, yeah. or a win and a defeat, and it's it's not usually. Not usually eight goals scored, none conceded, and six and uh, four points on the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, seeing see, see, see as seeing as well, just just looking at the, uh, the notes that you, you've provided for us, you know, it's, I watched but I've, I've watched the highlights of some of the games today just to try and jog my memory a little bit and, and refresh myself because I said I was very young at the time. Uh, my uh, memory's not great. The same yeah. name keeps coming up for me all the time. Hustra, Hustra, Hustra. Yeah. yeah. You know. What a player! Very underrated, wasn't he? Yeah. Hugely underrated. Um, I sometimes wonder why. Um, I know that the the three foreigner rule maybe you know impeded a lot of his chances at Rangers, but if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, we probably could be talking about him in the same sense that we talk about people like dare I say Brian Loudrop. I, I really yeah. think Hustra was that good. He was massively underrated, and the laws of the game at the time just stopped him playing as much football as as he probably would have liked to have for Rangers. That's actually a good point. Never ever, I never thought of that. It's actually a good point. I sometimes uh, make them. No, that's not. No, as I say, in, in this series, we've we've all come out with things and we've thought, oh, that's yeah. You know, you think about it, and it's a you know. So yeah, it's another another sort of little tidbit there. But as I say, as I as I missed the Motherwell game, we go on to Hearts. Can um, I just just checking in Hustra's career? It actually stays until 1995, so he, he does survive in the middle of this season. He must get injured because Dale Gordon's a name will pop up once mm-hmm. we sign him, you know. And, and as Alan said, I mean, you see Dale Gordon coming into the, the four a lot, you know, with assisting Hustra maybe not on the side, maybe to, to the middle of the season to towards the end. So he must be injured, but he does come back. He must but, get injured a lot uh, during his career, then. Uh, yeah. But he, he, he does he does stay until 1995. He gets 125 appearances and over five years is maybe three seasons worth, I would think. So we have five seasons. He's played three full ones, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, get 22 goals. So no bad for for a winger. Dale Gordon's another underrated player as well, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to him. We'll, we'll get to this. Go, yeah. So, Wolf, as I said, uh, as I as I uh, said previous, we go, we go to Hearts, 
and it's yeah. uh, not not unusual for us to go to Hearts early doors in the season. And um, yeah, that's got grab goal. That, yeah. that goal. That, that goal. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Time Castle and that goal. You know when we signed when we signed Andy Gorham, I was a bit concerned that we spent a million pound on a goalkeeper that didn't have the best of records in big games because while he was at Hibs, he was the the goalkeeper when Hibs, as I'm constantly reminded by her indoors, went 23 games without beating Hearts. He was the goalkeeper in every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, and then, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hibs went twenty three games, twenty three games not not beating Hearts, and Gorham was a goalie. And then obviously we go to Hearts. The first time he's at Hearts in a Rangers jersey, Scott Crab hits one from about fucking three hundred yards, and he just lets it go. You know. And my thoughts were, here we go again. This is is it him in big games or is it just him against Hearts? You know what I mean. So obviously approaching games with Celtic, I'm thinking, is is it that he can't do it in derby games or is it just as he got this thing about the maroon jersey, it was. It was I mean, I was really, really. Worried. I turned out I was wrong because he mean <laughs> best goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? You know, even if he does keep slagging me on Facebook for never smiling in photos, I'll still say he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> I think are we are we are we noting this as well, Alan? Um, Stuart McCall makes his debut because yeah. we sold uh, Trevor Stephen to Marseille for a lot of money back then, five million pounds. Yeah. Yeah, it was something I noticed when we were um, when I was having a wee look at different things about a season. We made quite a wee bit of money in the transfer market that season yeah. for for that period of time. You know, yeah. we, we made the excess of I think it was seven or eight million pound. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Stuart McCall makes his debut, um, and it was just uh, it was the start of something special, wasn't it? Like so many things, so many things in this time period, the Rangers we say this this was something special, or this was the start of something special. Walter Smith's reign uh, started and it was something special. And Stuart McCall as well, another great Rangers story and it began yeah. on this day. Began with a defeat, but it, we'd, uh, he'd have the last laugh in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, that was a, a bit of a downer, but uh, John, we go on to the League Cup and we play the other Glasgow team, Queen's Park, and it was the Morris Johnston show. It was just going back to that, uh, Andy Gorham. I was involved in a scuffle at half time with a boy pulling a boy off because he was defending Gorham because he'd seen Gorham in some of these pre season games and actually thought Gorham was a very good goalkeeper. So maybe he doesn't know as much as uh, football as what Will's uh, missus does at that time. But he was, he was, uh, you know, one of those ones in the terraces where it's who you talk, what do you know about goalkeepers? If you see them, you know, and uh, suddenly you're, you're, you're pulling guys apart, you know, and there's a big circle in the terrace. And, you know, so I was definitely a member of Tour and Troy Blues for that season because that was the bus as well. But no, Queen's Park at home, League Cup, the Rangers, the Rangers Trophy, as it's known as, you know. And, yeah, Mo- Mo- Mojo getting four, Durant and Spackman getting getting a goal. So, a routine win. So, yeah, the, yeah. the original Glasgow derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the sec- yep, second time in three home matches we'd had a team for six. So, yep. you know, we're yeah. battling the goals either. So, so yeah. bah, it's a league cup. Move on. You you win it and you win that game and move on. You know. Yeah. And then the Wolf. I mean. You remember much about that game, Queens Park? No, not a thing. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think. Don't think I'd have been at it because I was working in a hotel at the time. I don't. Don't think I'd have been at that um, midweek. 
They had a crossbar. They had a crossbar at the start of the game. I didn't drive at that time either, so it would be more difficult yeah. to get to it. So yeah, I wonder what the attendance was for that. Thirty-two thousand attendance. That's that's not bad. It's not bad attendance yeah. for. Yeah. That would that would still be on, that would have been on the season ticket though. At that time, the yeah, league cup would have been on the season ticket. Where would it be? Aye, it was. Did I put your voucher? Yeah. Yeah. Old paper books. Yeah. Still, still got all mine somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure mine's. I'm sure mine's. I've got mine's kicking about somewhere. I'll need to have a look for them. <laughs> yeah, divorce took care of mine. <laughs> <laughs> the strange, the strange things about those wee books. Remember the plastic cover they came in? They were all different colours, and they, every season they were different colours. Yeah, that's none right. of them were ever blue. Aye, I was going to say I had a brown one. Yeah, aye, aye. One, one season was definitely brown. Yeah, and I'm sure there was a kind of. I kind of burnt orange one and there was a yellow one along the way, I'm sure. I can't ever remember any of them being blue, though. <laughs> no. Nope. Which was bizarre. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, Wolf, we go on to Dunfermline at home. Um, as John has just said, the goals are raining in at Ibrox just now. Uh, beat Dunfermline 4-0. Yeah, I mean, as we said back back during the, the Soonest Revolution years, you played on, you played on film and you, you knock three, four or five goals past them and you move on. That's just what what Rangers should do to Dunfermline, whether it's at the Ibrox, whether it's at East End Park, or whether it's anywhere else, that's just what should happen. But the, the noticeable thing with this game is we missed a penalty in the first minute. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, could you imagine if could you imagine if Rangers got a first minute penalty anywhere against anybody these days? <laughs> you know what I mean? Your, your, your Twitter and your social media was obviously just been meltdown. Favorite three first, words: a first minute penalty. Yeah, you know, the favorite three words: penalty. Incredible, but I mean, but yeah, Dunfermline four nothing. It's just what you do. Four different goal scorers, which is nice, including young John Spencer. I noticed. Yeah. Yep. Not noticed as well that I just just flicking through again. By that point, I think if I've counted right, we've scored seventeen goals in the season. Um, by the time Mister McCoyst scored his first of the season, <laughs> um, and the, the way the way we were the way we were pummeling teams, the way we were pummeling teams, and. What ended up happening that season with Ali McCoyst in front of goal, um, it's quite a surprise that it took him that long to go, to be honest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I know I get one against them, Fairman, as, as you yeah. say. And I mean, that's too, it's taken until then to get started, you know, and, and he's only got one. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you all this question, but do you think this was still the the hangover from the, the Sunus era, you know, McCoyst out of favour? No, nah, I don't think so. Because did they not get did, did they not get fined? Was it no? As soon as fined them, didn't he? At one point, uh, him and Durant for the kebab shop stuff and chippy, like that. Yeah, uh, the, the chip shop or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, nah, I think, I think, I think McCoy's would have been in favour. I think. Yeah, but I mean, know, that, I mean, I don't remember, but he must he must have been injured because that the Felman game appears to be his first appearance of the season. Yeah. He was or somewhere twenty minutes yeah. to go. Yeah, he certainly yeah, wasn't in any of the starting lineups. You know, for. No. For the, for the guy you played 20 minutes and scored the goal, that's, that's not a bad average. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not good enough. Not good enough. But, so Alan, we, we, um, we go back at the League Cup duty and it's Partick Thistle uh, in the League Cup away and uh, Morris Johnson and a certain David Robertson scored David it. David Robertson getting his first goal. First yeah. goal. Again, another routine victory, isn't you go away to Partick mm. Thistle? Were Partick Thistle in the top flight this season? I can't remember now. No idea. But anyway, uh, a routine... No, no, they weren't. Um, yeah, routine again. You go to Partick Thistle, away from home, a cup game, 
Um, whether they're in top flight or not is irrelevant. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Because it's a cup game, you're expecting them to, to make a game, the game difficult for you. Um, so yeah, 2 all quite happy with that. Um, Johnston getting one of the goals was that must have been must be coming to one of his last goals for the for the club if it's not the last one. Um, and David Robertson getting on the score sheet for the first yeah. time as well. Uh, not not somebody that scored very often, Davy, no. but uh, a, you know a, a great player. And again, like McCall, like I said about McCall and I said about Smith, the start is something special for David Robertson as well. Yeah. At the time, you I don't think, think it though, do you? Yeah. No, yeah, it was a right no. foot shot. It was a right, right foot shot for David Robertson. He cut mm-hmm. in and just had a swinger, you know, because that game is on YouTube. He just, he just belts with his right foot, and it's, <laughs> you know, just goes into the far corner and it, probably about waist height, but nah. So mm-hmm. it's just, as Alan said, you know, you know, it's a good start for Robertson, you know. So because, like, I think he'd been told the season before, didn't he, that he was coming to Rangers. Yeah, you know, before he came to Rangers and things like that, yeah, and the right. Aberdeen game, and it wasn't the first time we tried to get him, though, was it? No, I think we'd failed before, so. But, yeah. but yeah, no, he, he, uh... he tells he tells the story that um, when Su- when soon as left, he was on the obviously it was between us and Aberdeen for the title at that time. Yeah, and they were on their mini bus to training, and then the radio on, and it came over the radio that Graham soon as had left Rangers, and she's all the Aberdeen <laughs> players are celebrating. He's sitting with a long face, thinking, "Fuck's sake, is that my deal? Is that my deal off now?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was going, but they didn't, yeah, so we couldn't yeah. even see anything to them. Yeah. He was wondering if, because the deal hadn't been signed, but it had been agreed, yeah. and he thought, "Well, if that's soon as away, am I still going to get signed?" Mm-hmm. Which, thankfully, we did still sign him because we got six good years out of him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well. You'll never know. But so I'll I'll take these all one by one round the clock sort of style. Um, we go away to Celtic Park for the first game, the first old firm of the season. And again, no McCoy's, but obviously, as you said, there must have been an injury of some form. So it was the Haitley-Johnston sort of partnership. Um, and a, a great, a great one. Uh, a, you know, 2-0. You can't get better than that, can you, away from home? No, you can't. And uh, as I said, we were given a pre-match boost when Tony Cascarino was announced fit for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, that that can come back to haunt us a wee bit later in the season. Thankfully, didn't do too much, but but now, nah, so you know, and Scott Scott Nisbet back in defence. He liked to tackle in these sort of games as well. So you know, but they they beat us twice a season before, twice in a weekend. So we really had to get our revenge back there. At the, yeah. I can't remember the name of the stadium. Well, would, would you call that stadium again? Careful, I certainly don't call it, but Brian calls it because there's no such place. It's it's. You call it, if you want to be if you want to be polite to them, you call it Parkhead because they hate yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's much much better being known as the Chamber of Secrets because we can get away with that one. <laughs> there are several other names I've got for it, but none none that are broadcasting. Yeah. We want to stay on the air. Yeah, Mark, we're one, we're one Martin watching this back will be breaking into a cold sweat. <laughs> no, it's fine. He did say Chamber of Secrets was okay. So 
you know, uh, uh, past, you past the adjudicator. names and going a little bit off piece. You know what gets me is the fact that that them and the sheep and all these other lots, what they call Ibrox, because they call it they call it Castle Grayskull. Yeah, right? yeah. Which yeah. is the which is where He Man lives and He Man's a good guy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've <laughs> never ever understood that. Never understood yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just tells how yeah. fucking stupid they are. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan, uh, a marvelous start. Um, you know. You can't you can't get better than that. Two 0 win. Yeah, two 0 win away from home against you know your your, your biggest rivals and um, so certainly a team that would have been hoping they might have been able to take advantage of uh, a rookie manager being appointed at Rangers. Um, they obviously didn't. Um, in fact, they were absolutely miles off the pace coming into the, the season. Um, but you know, any time we go there, any time we play them, and we got a victory is a, a great result. So. Yeah, brilliant. And Mark Ketley, whose name will come up time and time and time and time again when we're doing these this series, um, getting the two goals. And that's 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 really, and, and yeah, it is. That's the end of the, the first month of the season. And, you know, other than a wee blemish at, at Tynecastle, you know, we've played really well. We've, we've kept clean sheets. We've scored loads of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, we've picked up points and, and we've, beat our, we've beat our biggest rivals away from home on their, on their own uh, doorstep. So, yeah, great start to the season. And, I mean, Wolves, the, the two goals that Hately took, I mean, they were they were really good takes, weren't they? Really good oh, strikes. They were, they were tremendous goals, but, I mean, not to take anything away from, from Big Mark, but, I mean, what's he up against? Gary Gillespie and Derek White. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's let's be honest. Alan could have scored against them. Gillespie was a big signing for them, though. Wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was also a Carlos. I know, but he, but he was heralded as a big as a big signing because was, was a Liverpool, Liverpool they got from, from, yeah, Liverpool, yeah, he came yeah. up from Liverpool. Yeah, so yeah. You know, so sorry, Wilf. And I mean, they've still got the Donegal. They've still got the Donegal Tatty and goal. I mean, he must have been about three hundred years old at that time. I, I, I left. I, I left that in for you, Wolf. That's all right. <laughs> I, mean, he's, I mean, he's he's still spouting his nonsense on Radio Scotland. It's un, I mean, it's unbelievable how, how he's still involved in Scottish football to any extent. You know what I mean? Uh, so, Peter Pointer playing in this game. Did they, did did anybody run Donegal Tatty past Martin? Or, or well, say that. Well, Will said it every week for the last five five series, five seasons. So <laughs> oh, we've not been taken off air yet. Uh, yeah, but we didn't we didn't go past the adjudicator tonight with that. So, so yeah. if he's watching, hello, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, any any win at the other side of the city is a marvelous result. So it just added to the good start that. As we've said before, the soonest revolution wasn't covered in great starts, so it's nice for us to finally get a good start in the seat this season. So, uh, John, we go to Hearts away, where we lost earlier in the season, and Mr. McCoyst comes away with the only goal. Yep, yep, League Cup quarter final. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Ten Castle is a tough place to go, especially in Cup nights, as, uh, as we'll find out in a lot later seasons. But um, you know, and uh, you know, we, we, McCoyst gets a goal. You know, beats Henry Smith again, and uh, and you know this uh, like last season. This is a cup we should now be winning. You know, we should be winning this cup because we went into the draw with Airdrie, Hibs, and Dunfermline. You're just you rubbing your hands at that sort of. Ah, you're, semi, you're, you're you're laughing. There's no Aberdeen, Dundee, United. You've put Hearts out here. Hearts are top of the league at this point. We've put them out in their own midden. You know, put them at the cup, uh, bouncing Tynecastle, and 
and you're laughing, you're thinking, yeah, get the, get the engraver handy. We're, we're coming for that trophy again. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, and Gorham finally gets his one at Tynecastle. Ah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. He finally gets a clean sheet at Tynecastle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, this is another game I had to sort of. I, I couldn't remember if this was, this was on the the season review or not, so I clicked on YouTube and found it. But I mean, Wolf, uh, a two 0 win away to Falkirk. I know Falkirk wasn't exactly your favourite uh, away trip, was it? Just a midden, just a <laughs> Falkirk was always good because you usually won there, but it's just a horrible, horrible football experience. Because I mean, Brockville was an absolute just a death trap, it was just horrific. Brockville it was, was, a absolutely, it was a horrendous ground, but it's just it's probably the worst, worst I've been in in Scotland, but I've been in a few, you know, <laughs> just, that was awful, absolutely awful. But as you say, you don't you didn't mind going there because you generally won the game. But the experience wasn't great. Getting in and getting out wasn't wasn't the best. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, two unlikely goal scorers as well. Big Scott Nisbet and Peter Hooster. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Big Nisbet scored this fair amount of goals. Mm-hmm. To be fair, you know, and of course it was the debut uh, wolf of Mikalachenko. Yeah, big big yep. chance to come in for a couple of million pounds from Sampdoria. I mean, that's that's one you were saying at the start about you know whether Smith had discussed signings with Sunis. I'd be interested again to find out as soon as they did any, any any hand in negotiations of that, given his connections at Sampdoria. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now you mentioned it, it. It was a, it was an odd one at the time with the three foreigners rule, and you're bringing in a, a big Ukraine or a big was Russian at the time. I think mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the, the history of the the history of the geography of that part of Europe. If you like, I don't know if it was the USSR, or CIS or, in '92, weren't they? Or the CCCP, or the C- whatever the hell they were, but they were still. I think, I, I think we're all going to learn it over the next couple of weeks. It was still a unified Russia anyway, so he was a big. Effectively, he was Ukrainian because he came from Kiev. But yeah, I mean, to, going forward, Mikhailichenko, an absolutely phenomenal player. Phenomenal player for us. Yeah. Um, great bit of business at £2 million, but as you say, this was his, this was his debut 2 nothing win. Goals for Nizzi and Ustra. Well, do you think Mikhailichenko is a bit like Kustra in the sense that um, you know he was he was he was underrated and he probably never played as many games as he could have for Rangers? I think Mikhailichenko's problem was he he was one he, he was one of these he was one of these early guys to come from behind the iron curtain, and he got very he got very comfortable very quickly with having money in his pocket because they didn't yeah. have that where he came from, mm-hmm. money in his pocket and the freedom to spend it. So I think he enjoyed himself in Glasgow, <laughs> shall we say. That probably didn't help him. Quite right, quite right. <laughs> I think. I think also, Alan, as you say, guys like guys like Mikalichenko, Husta, and guys like uh, Dale Gordon, even for a short time. I think. I think we lose a bit of the the romantic side because we, we get dazzled by the loud drops and the gas coins coming yeah. mm-hmm. in a few seasons later. So you forget about players who were good players, like guys like Stuart McCall. When you when you look back at McCall for Rangers, you know tenacious. Tackling wins a lot, you know, breaks up a lot of play. You know, you, you know I mean, he's, you will never have in a team, you won't have him in a team, you'll have Gascoigne in the team, but you won't have a Stuart McCall. But you can't have a loving Paul Gascoigne's, you know. So we get a wee bit romantic about the bigger names that come. And as yeah. you say, Hooster has five good seasons for his and was a quality player, but he gets, he gets missed out between Matt Walters and then you think Matt Walters, Cooper, Walters, and you go loud up, you missed that wing out, you yeah. know. So it'll mm-hmm. be. There's a wee bit of, you know, the, he's no the big name, so we don't we don't think he was a big player, but clearly it was, you know. So, you know, and my calls, 
you know, it's certainly a great player for us. Yeah, but never ever make somebody start loving. No, I think you're right, John. There's a lot of a lot of people, as you say, just jump from Cooper Waters straight to Loudrup and Gascoigne and completely miss that two or three year period in in between, you know? Yeah. yeah. You've got you've got your Hatley, you've got your McCoy in there. So you when I mean, you're picking your elevens or your, your players you've seen, you know, you very rarely pick eight or nine for the one for the one season or for the one era, you know. Yeah. So but so but that nah, Houston, Houston was certainly a quality player. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's, I was digressing. That's okay. Um, I suppose, Alan, this is a perfect time to come to you because it was Dundee United at home the next game uh, of the season, 1-1 at home. And as you said before we started, this was your your debut at Ibrox. This was. This was my first game. Um, my dad took me along. My granddad was with me. Um, this is where the love affair really began for me. Um I had, you know, as a, as a really young child, I had Rangers tops, but I hadn't been to Ibrox yet. So I was, I'd, I'd only just turned five. Um, so I was still very, very young. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't have great memories of the game, recollections of the game. It was a bit fuzzy. It's really, in fact, this entire season, it's really next season before the memories become quite quite strong for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this is where it began for me. This is where... You know, I spent years going to the football with my dad and my granddad, and then my granddad fell away through ill health. But you know, my dad took me to my first game at Ibrox the way his dad took him. You know, this this is this is a family tradition, and um, just just can't thank my dad enough for taking me that day. <laughs> Getting emotional thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, oh. I mean, as, as as I said before we started, I mean it's very rare that you get your first game. I mean, my first game was a dreadful game. It was a nil nil home to Ibs. So <laughs> I don't think there's many people come away with games and say, "Oh, I with some with thumps yeah. be six 0 Everybody's first game seems to be a draw or a loss yeah. or something, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. How have we ever won anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But as as we've said in previous pods, uh, Alan, it's just as well there's been no social media button those days. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know we're I know we're not far into the season, but you know, a, a defeat away to, away to Hearts and then uh, a draw at home to Dundee United, and in the days of social media, people would have been calling for Walters Walters head <laughs> after those two bad results alone. Um, but you know, it's, I think especially in this time period as well. The competitiveness amongst the clubs and the uh, you know in Scotland um, was a lot closer than it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still odd games where you know we'll go and drop points as we've done in previous weeks. Just recently, we'll go and drop points elsewhere. But come the end of the season, there's always quite a large gulf between us, them, and the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the case in the in the that still wasn't the case in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, even this season, even 91, 92, Celtic never finished never finished second in the race throughout the time that we were um we won nine in a row i think they only finished second twice was it yeah that's um, right yeah, yeah. you know so there there wasn't a massive massive gulf in the difference between us and the rest and of the rest, league. Yeah. um that would come later on towards the end of the 90s and into the 2000s so you know dropping points at home to dundee united um you know, getting a getting a point here or there, picking up a point here or there on the hard fought games, not the disaster um, that it would be today, and it's not the terrible result that it would have been today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then John, we we dive into European Cup action this time, and uh, we lose away to Sparta Prague one 0 and it's another 
another warning sign that Europe might be over before it's barely started. Yeah, it is. And when you when you look back at that match, uh, we were really dreadful that night. You know, we were really, really poor. You know, we'd, uh, they're putting it, we never laid a glove on Sparta all night, you know. And we lost a goal quite early on in the first half where, where the ball just sailed over the top of Andy Gorman and, and at the far post. You know, so again, you know, the goalkeeper that would sign for a million pounds, you know, didn't cover himself in glory at, at Tyne Castle. Didn't he cover himself in glory in Europe? You know, and there's another couple of games where his, uh, where his jacket would be on a sugarly peg, but we just didn't have a Scottish team performance that night. We, we weren't in amongst it. When you think back to, to last week beating Dortmund, we harried, we chased, we pressed, you know, we battered them all over the park and looked dangerous. We, yeah. we were just we were just so placid and so laid back. And, you know, there's, we, we, did, we, we, we weren't ever schooled by a team who, who didn't have to get a second gear. You know, and played in a poor pitch and just, you know, we were probably fortunate to come away 1-0 down with such a poor display. You know? yeah. yeah. Of course, in this, well, obviously, this, this season, the away goals has been scrapped. But, I mean, even if we got a goal over there, we'd have had a yeah. half chance coming back, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. But, but guys, sorry, uh, guys, but even, even on the face of it, though, as poor as we were that night, a one nothing defeat away in Europe isn't, Shouldn't be catastrophic. I mean, yeah. no. I mean, yeah, at that time because of the way goals, well, you want to try and score one, but yeah, you know that we had we had the I don't know if it was a Scottish thing or a British thing that the way go that the way goals rule really wasn't something that we concentrated on too much. You know, I mean, a one 0 a one 0 defeat away from home was was probably accepted better than a two one defeat would have been. Although a two one defeat would have been better for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I mean, only losing by a goal, particularly as badly as we played that night. I would have said we still had a great chance to go through. Mm-hmm. You know? Because let's yeah. be honest, we couldn't have played any worse in the second leg. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get well, to so it. We ho- uh, so we, we hope. We'll get to it. Yeah. And then, uh, so we come home, Wolf, and we've got St Mirren away. And Nisbet's in the goals again with Hoistra. Yeah, same goal scorers as Falkirk, only they didn't yeah. order this time, you know, and it's. Um, we're still, we're still a point, we're still a point behind Hearts at the top of the league, you know. Yeah. Um, we actually go a goal down. We actually go a goal down. It's not man. That's right. You know, but yeah, we managed to, we managed to pull it back. Again, the mark, the mark of a team that goes on to win things is you get goals from all over the park. You know, you don't just rely on a striker or a couple of strikers. Yeah. You know, getting goals from all over the place. Again, the underrated Hoostra, you know. Nizzy never let you down wherever you played. I mean, Scott Nisbet, I think we, I think we touched on this in the on the previous series. Scott Nisbet must have played in almost every position for Rangers during this time with us. Yeah. You know? Except um, goalie. <laughs> he's played it. Uh, I mean, he played predominantly in the defence, but he played in midfield. He played up front a couple of times. And never let you down. But like I say, that's the sort of victories you need if you're going to go on and, go, going to go on and win titles. I think they're the type of players you need as well. Is you know Scott Nisbet, he wasn't footballing ability wise. He probably wasn't the most talented player in that team or other teams he played for um, at Rangers. But you know we need you need those type of players that are willing to play anywhere. Just yeah. you know where do you want me to play the day gaffer? I'll go yeah. and play there. I'll give you a shift. I'll give you a decent performance. It'll no, it's not going to be great, but I'll give you a decent performance. Especially especially in Scotland at that time as well when. Um, you know, the, there was there's probably a few teams we were coming up against that were hammer chuckers. You needed those mm-hmm. types of players that could dig in deep against them. So, yeah, yeah I think Scott is, but 
it probably gets a bit of unfair criticism these days. Say when we're looking back, we we don't really talk about him so much, um, because he's no one of the, the the big names of the McCalls and the McCoists and the Durants yeah. and the Hustras. Um But yeah, the, the the shift that he put in for Rangers for a few seasons, um, and the fact that he was willing to do it anywhere at all, just you know, it just goes it goes to show his character, but it shows to show goes to show how important it was to Rangers during this period. Yeah, I, as I say, as I say. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of players that we've discovered, certainly in the last season, who you wouldn't and you wouldn't sort of call them Rangers sort of icons, but the amount of games that they played in a season, you know, and the shifts they put in, and they're not heralded in the same as some other guys, you know, and that, that yeah. happens a lot to Alan, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could you could probably go through um, any Rangers team of, during any time period um, and speak to supporters. Uh, who were there at the time, and and you know they'll be able to pick out, you know they'll be able to pick out players. So you know, you know what he was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't get the credit it deserved because he wasn't the, it wasn't the, the the headline stealer. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to think now the, the team now, um, of of the team now probably Scott Arfield would be in, in that position. Yeah, but you need you need players like that. You you can't be successful without players like that. Um, yeah. Very true. Absolutely true. So, John, we uh, we dip our feet in the League Cup duties again, and we're up against Hibs in the semi final. And yeah, all goes wrong that night, doesn't it? It does indeed. Yep, I remember being at the game thinking we've seen this goalkeeper who's sold the jerseys yet again. <laughs> you know, and when you think about it, now this is the start of the Hibs Hamden hoodoo, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's just. You know, we, we we lose to was it Keith Wright that scores just right. so about a yard out, yeah. Is it Mickey Weir floats it back in, Gorham comes out either punches our heads that away, I can't remember. It's, he tried to punch it, I think, or he did punch uh, it. No, knocks it away and you know, and, and um you know, when Alec Murrell's side puts it at the cup, you know, her cup, her trophy. You know. I think we won it seven times in about eight years and you know, we lose to a a, a workman like Hibs side. No good, you know, so yeah, a goalkeeper, John Burridge and goals. You know, it wasn't until I seen the highlights today. I seen John Burridge and goals, and I thought, my word, he must have been about forty-five then. Aye. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're thinking Alan McGregor's old at forty. I mean, yeah, yeah. John, you're talking about the Hibs Hamden hoodoo, right? Yes. Yeah. And okay, yeah, okay, we, we lost this one. You know, the last time we beat Hibs at Hamden. No, when was that? The 1979 Scottish Cup final re- second replay. The second replay, third, uh, third game. So even that took us two attempts. Yeah, we won that three-two with our own with yeah. our own goal winning as a cup. That's the last time we beat Hibs. Yeah, but Hibs—that's absolutely fine. Yeah, but Hibs were second ball in the previous season. Every, yeah. I mean, as we said in the last season, the soonest revolution, everybody was scotting Hibs. Hibs were. Because I, I don't know if they've done uh, reconstruction or whatever from 10 to 12, whatever, but but Hibs were getting battered everywhere they went. They put us at the cup, you know, and this is incredible as a 3 nothing scud now, 3 1 sorry scud they gave us earlier this season, yeah. you know, you know, but embarrassing. Can I just tell a wee story on that? On that about McCoy? Yeah, I don't think I put in the notes. Apparently, they're sitting after the game and they're, they're all sitting in the dressing room, and maybe you guys have heard that, and Gorham says, if I was still with fucking Hibs, I'd be in a League Cup final than now. 
and McCoy says, if you were with fucking Hibs, yeah. we'd be in the League Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, so I think that story's been told a few times, but, but now, nah, but, you know, but actually, Goff wasn't in the side that night. No. No. You know, and, and uh, I don't know if he was injured or not, but, but Goff, nay Goff, you know, and Brown and Lisbon at centre backs. Did they all go off and miss a couple of games after that? Yeah. Yeah. Aye, it's not the next one either. Not the next one either. So. Not the next one. There's a way to say. Um, so after the another Hamden hoodoo, as we'll call it, um, we go away to, sorry, we stay at home, Aberdeen, uh, Wolf, and <laughs> two two defeats in a row. This would be classed as a crisis nowadays. This was, <laughs> this, this was the last time Aberdeen beat us at Ibrox until. The After we came back up from our, uh, yep, our financial problems mm-hmm. and stuff, when they came yeah. when they when they beat us, was it three seasons ago? Now they beat us mm-hmm. yeah. for the first time in however long it was. This was this was the last time they beat us before that. This is the at the time Silence of the Lambs was was top of the box office because I'll I'll never forget the banner at Ibrox um, when when they kept coming and not beating us and they had Silence uh, Silence of the Sheep since since uh, nineteen ninety one. This was yeah. the last time they beat us. Ibrooks, yeah, okay, in 25 or 30 years or whatever it was. Um, but I mean, Ian Jess and Brian Grant, you know, scoring the goals. I mean, Ian, if Ian Jess played Rangers every week, he'd be the best player in the world, yeah. One of these players who only ever seemed to play against us, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he seemed to look like a little bit when he played as a panel, when he played anybody else. You know? <laughs> I, I, I actually remember, as I say, this I was growing up during this period, and I actually remember saying to my dad about Ian Jess. And I, I remember thinking, well, I don't know why we don't get to go and sign this guy because he must be absolutely fantastic. My dad telling me that only turns up against Rangers. Yeah, and I think that was the first time I was I sort of realised that there were players and were teams that only turned up against Rangers. <laughs> I thought I thought this guy was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, there, was <laughs> loads of folk, there was loads of folk like you. I remember that there was constant clamour get get him get him. Rangers yeah. supporter apparently. Yeah, he, he was let go by Rangers. Yeah, Rangers let him yeah. go when he was 13 or 14. He was mm-hmm. originally from Port Soy, mm-hmm. which is up between where I am and where Brian is, yeah. up on the Bucking Coast. And by all, by all accounts, Rangers, Rangers support him. That's why he tries so hard against us, but he never tried against mm-hmm. anybody else. It seemed. I'm not saying he didn't try, but that's the way it appeared. Yeah. And big, big stupid Brian Grant, him and, him and Brian <laughs> Irvin. I mean, how many yeah. times did the two of them score against us? It's just oh. un- uncanny. Yep. They never scored against anybody else. They always scored against us. It's totally uncanny. Yeah, and then yeah, John second, Rick- second league defeat of the season, second consecutive defeat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not good. No, not good at all. But I suppose the next we, we're at home to Sparta Prague, John, and although it's a win, um, we win two one and win two one. We get but we go out the goals. goals. Yep, yep, yep. It was an own goal, wasn't it? It was an own goal. It gets through yeah. the Adams of Gorham as he dives. You know, not, not, I don't know, it's not too dissimilar to the one McGregor had the other week at, up at Ross County where he kind of dives funny and, but yeah. Gordon dives and the ball, ball just goes through his hands, you know, for about eight yards out. You know, and we, we go ahead in the tie, we go through, we're going through two nothing. It's a way to say we're, we're ahead in the tie, aren't we? We're, we're, we're ahead, yeah. aye, we're ahead. And uh, I think it might be extra time we're going, you know, and, uh, you know, and Gordon, you know, League Cup, at League Cup, Gordon maybe at fault. Ten Castle at fault and now in Europe. So, you know, he's he's no he's not having a good time yet. No. Yeah, so and and the, and the game at Sparta, the first game where he lobbed lobbed at the back post. 
you know, I sort of, sort of Gorman's not uh, covering himself in glory. You know? McCall scores his first goal for Rangers that night. You know, and then yes. uh, you know, and gets his second goal with a volley. At, yeah, at, this so. point, at this point in the season, do you think Gorham's keeping his place in the team? First of all, the fact that he came with a bit of a price tag, a million pounds, a lot of money um, yeah. in 1991. But the second, secondly, that, that we never had, we basically never had a backup goalkeeper. Do you think he kept his place in the team because there was nobody else to play in goals? Yeah, yeah, basically. I think he did. I, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if um, I, th- I think if we had have um, had a a backup goalkeeper at the time. I know, I know we signed Ali Maxwell later in the season, um, but if we'd signed Ali Maxwell earlier in the season, he might have might have found himself with the number one jersey a lot sooner than he realised. Yeah. I'm just glad we didn't sign Ali Maxwell earlier in the season. Then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was maybe a good thing that, uh, you know, we had to stick with Gorham and he got, he's got, he got the opportunity to redeem himself. Yeah. I think he said in the season review that he, he suffered a... a a drop in confidence, didn't he? I'm not surprised. So yeah. that. <laughs> no. Even he, because he, 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 I think he said in the video that he's like, I couldn't believe it when other people said that you, you know, they've got a, a bad their 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 confidence is down because he says I just couldn't see that happening to me. He says, but it was it was bizarre because I never felt ever like that in my life. You know. I think it maybe just goes to show as well that it's uh, it's different pressure coming from coming from a team like Hibs. It's it's uh, the, the Rangers shirts a lot heavier. Yeah. yeah, if you if if you're playing as a goalkeeper on some of these sides where you're you're getting fifteen twenty shots a game and you're pulling off five worldly saves or whatever every week, then you're at the floor. And you know maybe maybe I think over the last couple of seasons there's been a wee clamour about signing a St Johnson goalkeeper, you know, and mm-hmm. you know it's for Dundee United. Mm-hmm. You know, will we sign him? You know, and there's you know these guys are short stoppers and having great performances week in week out because they're they're getting a lot of shots to save. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, and Gorham with Hibs second bottom the previous season would have been getting five, six, seven decent yeah. saves a game, and, and you know, still losing two 0 still losing two 0 but look, yeah. they're looking good. But yeah. I brought should get one save. That's it. You only Aye. need to turn up once. You know, and it's the one save you don't make. Yeah. You know, is uh, is what your downfall is. Allah Hibs, Allah Sparta away. Yeah, you're just crucified, well. aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're called on once, and you need, and you need to be ready for it. Yeah. yeah. So um, after the European exit, we go to Airdrie, Wolf, and uh, the goals are raining again in a clean sheet. Yeah, about time we got, about time we got a decent result, kept a clean yeah. sheet, and scored some goals. Again, similar to places like Falkirk and Dunfermline, we should we should always be playing Airdrie and taking four or five off them. Because that's just the, the sort of team Airdrie are. I mean, I think I think Airdrie probably went down this season, if I remember rightly. No, they finished seventh no. and qualified for the Cup Winners. Cup Winners Cup. Yep. Well, they got the Cup Winners Cup because they, they got the Scottish Cup final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they finished seventh. Yes, so I they did. So they did. Yeah, that's incredible. You know what I mean? I mean, they, <laughs> they, had, 10, they had 13 wins. I mean, that's more than I remember them ever winning. But I mean, we should be going yeah. to teams like Airdrie and just rolling them over. Yeah. Because with the best will in the world, every every are just they're just every they're not they shouldn't even be they don't even near the same level as us, you know. Yeah. But probably I would say after the sort of run of form we'd been on, probably the ideal game to have. Yeah. Because Absolutely. they're the sort of team you should you should be beating quite handily. You know? Again, Magnesi scoring goals again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
and then the oh. Alan we go at home to Hibs. Um, again, scoring a lot of goals, but we've let in a couple this time. But I mean, McCoyst in the goals, Hoistra. It's all yeah. familiar goal scorers, isn't it? Yeah, same names are same names uh, cropping up all the time, mm-hmm. um, getting in amongst the goals. But another another victory that um, you know, yeah, we've not kept the clean sheet. We've got the points. Uh, I, you know, I, I think sometimes we, can, especially during this period, we can be, maybe be a wee bit unfair to teams like Hibs. Um, mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, you know, the the golf and in class wasn't as great. Um, they were a lot closer to us. Um, you know, teams like Hibs and Hearts at the time as well, even though, you know, as we heard, Hibs had finished second bottom. But, you know, you're winning 4-2, you'd, I, would, I would happily win every game 4-2. You know, yeah. we, we won a game 4-2 just last week and we were all wax lyrical about it, so absolutely no issues with it whatsoever. No. Um, getting the own goal as well, um, I don't know, were we were we 3-0 up in this game? No, 1-0 down. We went one 0 down, and we lost a couple of defenders early on. Because we had yeah. to bring on Kaz Finnicom, who hadn't been seen this season. That's right. And David we Robertson got... and Brown, both in all yeah. fairly doors. Yeah, and we're one down. In fact, yeah. we scored all four goals in the second half. That's that. Yeah. Um, That'd have been an interesting so, half-time team talk. That, that would have been. Uh, and do you know what? Probably a bit grinding out a bit of a result as well, actually. So, you know, quite quite happy with four two. Yeah. Yeah, and we go away. Can I, sorry, can I can I just say see on that game? We actually right. we get pegged back to two each, and then McCoyst does That's the three man three man free kick routine where you knock it to the side, stop it, then hit it. Remember Lee McCullough used to try that every week mm-hmm. yeah. during the years and it never worked. Yeah, you know so. <laughs> so I uh, so that was a good one, I suppose, because Hibs had put us at the cup three or four weeks earlier. Yeah, so better yeah, revenge. defenders. Ah, better revenge. Good. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's okay. No, no. Uh, and then Wolf, we go up up to Perth and a bit of a grind three two. Wasn't the yeah. easiest game for us. Yeah, I mean three two St Johnson. I don't know why, but we always seem to struggle in Perth. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, very rarely, even even these days, do we go to Perth and make it easy for ourselves. There's been one or two, you know, sort of four, four ones, four nothings and things, but, you know, I mean, I, I won in Perth, we always seem to make it difficult for ourselves. You know, I mean, we went, we went two nothing up in this game and then, I don't know what happened after that, but I mean, we, we, we closed it out, so, you know, they, they managed to get back to 2-2, two, two, you know, it's... It's it's inexplicable why why we go two up against the team that's in Johnson and get pulled back to two two, particularly with the team that's out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, okay, we're still we're still missing golf, but we've still got you know a fairly a fairly strong defence. Notice that John that John Morrow's playing. He didn't play a lot of games this season. Yeah, I was thinking that is was John yeah. McGregor, John Morrow, John Morrow, John Morrow, not an Irish boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I dare say you've got a wee story about this, John, the managers. Yeah, the managers uh, had a, a disagreement, didn't they? And they did, uh, yes. cautioned by the police, I think, at half time yes. or at the end of the game. You know, and Smith and Totten, I think they I think they ended up in court. I think they did, they did go to court, but the, the two of them are the best of pals. Mm-hmm. They're good friends. You yeah. know, I think I think they had a disagreement, maybe a bit of goal or something like that. You know? I'm sure so, Walter I'm sure Walter said that it was probably the 
the least favourite moment he's ever had as a, a football manager. It was the most yeah. embarrassed he'd ever been was, was, was because of that, because they both just left the, they both left the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he said they had to, had to tell Ethel, didn't he? That was yeah. the worst part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably was going to Ethel and the judge. <laughs> uh, 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 so, you know, but as you say, we shouldn't be getting pegged back to two all, you know, and, uh, and and winning it. So, but at least we won it, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, and this bad game with a winner. Yeah. yeah. And I, I suppose I'm just I'm obviously I've just looked at the the timer in the top corner there, so I'll, we'll call this the last one because we're an hour six deep, and I think John was only asking for fifty minutes max. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll discuss I've got, I've this got, game and then we'll tight hamstring. But Alan, we play Hearts at home uh, again. Familiar, familiar goal scorers: McCoyst and Mikalachenko. Yeah, yeah, and McCoyst getting getting seven goals here and, and four league matches. So starting to pick up, starting mm-hmm. to pick up the type of form that saw him win the Golden Boot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, familiar familiar names again. Even look at the lineup, familiar names again. John Morrow getting his second start of the season. Um, I think he only played four, three or four games that season. Um, so yeah, still a strong team. Goff making coming back into the team as well. Um, so you're going out. You're playing the team that are um, challenging you at this point yeah. for the league title as well. So mm-hmm. it's a massive it's a, it's a massive game to to come up. At, um, you know, especially since our form has been a little bit ropey. I know we've won, we've beat St. Johnson 3-2, but we conceded two goals, same with Hibs. Um, but really before that, other than the Airdrie game, where we beat them 4-0, um, you know, we've, we were losing games, we were struggling a little bit. So this was a big test. This would, would have been a really big test. Yeah. Um, but yeah, strong team. Um, and uh, two good goals, actually. This, this was one of the games that I did watch back. So two good goals, grind out the result. Um I think I can't remember if I was at this game or not, but uh, I think it would have been happy viewers going home that night. It wasn't unlike uh, Mikalchenko for a toe poke, was it, Wolf? No, I, I mean he was, as I said, he, he, I, see, I think he seemed to enjoy his life and do as little as possible. I mean, quite a lot of games with with Mikalchenko, you could put, you could probably have fucking put put him on a string from the halfway line, and not very long string, and he wouldn't have moved very far. But yeah, I mean he. He, he was a bit of an enigma because he was he was an imperious talent, he was a great talent, but he just didn't seem to be bothered half the time. He was so yeah. so laid back, you know. And I mean, he, he did he did enjoy a tapping, but tappings norm, normally came because we had the set piece because that's the only reason he'd be he'd have time to get into the box because he didn't yeah. seem to run about a lot. But he didn't have to. I mean, the guy was yeah. the guy was a class class football player. I mean, he's yeah. he's another one that doesn't get you know that doesn't get the thought about the way that he really should because he absolutely wasn't he, he was a Rolls Royce of a football player he really was and no when, way when much you, on you go John when you, you look back at when you look back at that season he made 31 appearances and scored 12 goals that's no bad yeah, you know that's, 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 uh, yeah that's, that's better than one in three and he never no, always played he never always played as a centre forward either. You know, he played he played no. quite a few games in midfield. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's what I'm saying. When he's played in midfield, you could you yeah. could probably just uh, you know he, yeah. he really left the centre circle, but he didn't have to. Yeah, you know I mean? that's, that's a that's a goal every two and a half games. That's no bad going, is it? Pretty good. Yeah. No, that's pretty yeah. good for that season. Yeah. So. And when I say this, I'm no shape way comparing Michalchenko to these two players, but the similarities are there. Great left foots, no right foots. Reminds me of sort of Cooper and Baxter, doesn't it? Could do everything with a left foot, but don't yeah. ask him to do anything with his right. 
Yeah, other than stand on it. Other than stand on it, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty the, other similarity, the other similarity at Baxter is he liked a good he liked a drink as well, did Miko? <laughs> and a fag, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well the Russians are, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Liked a bit of vodka, probably. <laughs> but um, as I say, I was promised John 50 minutes and we're on to one minute. Uh, you, may as well, you, you may as well finish with a Falkirk game because there's not much yeah. happening in that, is there? You may as well just go for that. Eh? Okay, right. We'll go on yeah. that. So Falkirk are home, John. 1-1 with Johnston scoring. Um, no Hately this time, so it was the McCoyst. Johnston up front. Yep, yep, yep. Hitler came on as a sub. You know, we got a point against Falkirk, and no matter how much I tried to look for this game, I couldn't get any video footage. Mm. I couldn't find any press footage. You know, the Dundee Cura didn't have anything on it. So, no, nope, couldn't get anything apart from just a snippet. It just said lackluster display. You know, that was it. <laughs> Even trying Falkirk forums and everything to try and get something on this game. If John can't find it, it doesn't exist. I think the fact you can't find anything tells you just how bad a game it was. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> In front of 36,000 fans as well. Which would have been a few idols at the time. That would have been I, capacity at that time. Well, as I say, I, yeah. I, I, I thought this happened later, you know, a couple of seasons later, but obviously, well, if this was, we'll cover this in the next episode, but this was soon to be your, your new. Your new home, wasn't it? The new seat. Yeah, my new my new home, my new seat um was officially opened just at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Instead of getting a signing, we got a new stand this time, John. We did, yep, yep, yep. It's <laughs> seven, seven, seventeen million pounds. Ah oh, no, twenty million pounds, <laughs> seventeen months it took to build. Seven thousand one hundred and sixty nine seats or seven thousand one hundred and sixty eight seats plus wills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I never saw, I never sat in it the day they opened it. Did no. you not? I couldn't make the game. I gave a ticket to my mate. <laughs> but we'll get we'll, we'll get to that when we come. We'll cover that in the next episode. Yeah. But no, um, this will be going out on YouTube for the members, and it'll be going out on Patreon. And as I say, this is a continuation of the Sunus Revolution. So if you really want to catch up with that. Get joining the Patreon, and you can catch up on all the Soonest episodes. And this is just as I say, we're following up from that because we thoroughly enjoyed doing it. So, um, join the Patreon, and you'll get all that. So, and get you'll get the podcast from Acast, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, uh, iTunes. So, uh, my thanks to Alan first, first stint on, but you enjoy it, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I love taking trips down memory lanes, yeah, good. And thanks to John and uh, Wolf as usual. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed that tonight. It was a good one. Good. Yeah, thanks, guys. Before we, before we sign off, I'd like to point you in the direction of a couple of interviews that are on the site. One that dropped yesterday as we record this. Of course, today, in fact, as we record this, uh, with David Hurt, his book, 1872, about 72 of players from the 1880s to the 1950s is out on next Tuesday, so I had an interview with him. There's also one that's coming on to Patreon on Saturday with that's discussing the disabled facilities at Ibrooks, which, quite frankly, are an absolute abomination. Yep. With yep. Um, Tim Webb, who's a wheelchair user, and Heather Johnson, who's wee James's mum. Okay. We interviewed right. them yesterday. That's, that's dropping sometime over the weekend, so look out, look out for that, guys. Yeah. And then, obviously, next week, we'll be back with more of this nonsense. <laughs> Well, as I say, thanks everybody for watching and we'll uh, we'll catch you up on episode two. So thanks guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.